Brent Gunning here with you, walking you through the Leafs' end-of-season availabilities. They're already started, so let's just go right to Jason Spezza. At this point, I'm just, you know, being with my family and hanging out and uh, lots of questions. Jason? Athletes are often uh, targets that... Um, have you had any uh, harrowing experiences that you went through last night, or you know of any other? No, no, never. Uh, you know, scary stuff, stuff that you know, don't really want to get into. I don't really even know the full extent of everything went down, but it's scary. That's life. Like that's not, that's that's not hockey. That's that's scary. That stuff is jarring. So uh, happy to see that he's okay. Jason. Um. Because I think I really, truly believe that the, the team was going to break through this year. Uh, I've put a lot of effort into trying to help get the group over the edge. And then to fail again is frustrating for myself. It leads me asking myself questions of, did I do enough? Did I, you know, help push the right buttons? Did I, you know, did I do everything I could do to help the team get over it. So I think it's it's just hard. It's just these chances, they don't come very often. So uh, it's hard. Jason, can I ask you a question about that? Game seven, lucky bounce puck goes either way. You guys win the series. Um, you lose by a goal. And Leafs have won a series since 2004, I need to ask. Do you have it, think it has anything to do with how difficult it is to play in the city of the sticks being squeezed too tightly in these games. How do you account as an experienced veteran player? How do you account for or what do you think as to why it's so hard to win here Well, I think you know, there's a lot of ways you can answer that question. I think this group doesn't have the scars of the teams that missed the playoffs for you know 10, 12 years or whatever it was. Or I don't know how long it was in that time. It wasn't 10, 12 years or close to it, but this group is more a group probably that's been together for four or five years that that now is facing you know having to win the first round um but i think that it's it's normal to be tight at, at come playoff every team gets a little bit tight but this team wasn't tight like we didn't i think against montreal we had a really hard time closing the series out and maybe we got tight and stopped playing this is where i think we took a step I think there was a strong belief, you know, coming back in game five and winning, pushing the pace in game six, you know, aside from a five on three, we were in pretty good control of that game. Game sevens are game sevens. You, you need to score first. You need things to go right. If you let it get to a game seven, you can lose. Um, but in terms of the narrative around, you know, gripping your sticks and stuff, I don't think we gripped our sticks this year. Like, I really don't. I think we... We pushed, I think we pushed till the end. And I think there's a greater understanding now that even with pushing and, and believing, we still lost. So that has to be the mindset for guys is just that demand of pushing. But I thought as a whole, like this, the city felt like they believed in us. The fans, you know, really got behind us. The team believed it. And I don't think we played tight. Like, I really don't. I think our best players played different than they played in the past. I think they, that's the growth that I see that, you know, makes you proud of the guys. But in saying all that, it led to a loss. So it's just there needs to be more. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason.
There is Leafs center Jason Spezza. That's the first of eight players we expect to hear from today. Again, this is a special Leafs Nation edition. Brent Gunning here. I will be walking you through all of the post-game avails. And, and here's my promise to you. We're going to hear from a lot of the players today. But you are not going to hear about me complaining about officiating in a game that happened four days ago now. I got it all out of my system. I did all my whining Saturday night, and then I did a little more Sunday. We're going to move on. We're going to turn the page. Would it all be different if they got a bounce? Yeah, yeah, it probably would, but they didn't. So now we have to walk through the aftermath today. Again, we're expecting to hear from now seven more players. Obviously, one name among them that we would all expect to hear from on a day like today, but we're not going to hear from is Mitch Marner. Obviously, uh, if you've been paying any attention to the news today, of course, our, our, our wonderful folks on City News 680, I heard them driving in, covering it in great detail. Uh, Mitch Marner, uh, it seems like the victim of a carjacking last night. Uh, he is in fine health, is, is our understanding there. Obviously, uh, very, very shaken up. And Spencer touched on that a little bit. That's not that's not hockey. That's not dealing with the loss. That is that life stuff coming to, uh, to punch you in the face. So definitely, uh, obviously, uh, best wishes going out to Marner and anyone else involved in that. Although the good news is uh, it does seem like he, he is okay, all things considered there. We move on now to the aftermath of another Leafs loss. We've done this how many times before? And I think the most frustrating part for all of us in all this, to be perfectly honest, is it was so easy last year to just sit there and say, oh, couldn't get it done. They didn't have it. They didn't have the gumption within them. They didn't have the stuff inside. Can't close out a terrible Montreal team. Even heard Spezza mention that in his answers there. He did feel like it was a team that was tight last year. He did feel like it was a team that couldn't quite close out. He was asked if he thought that was the case this year, and he said it isn't. And again, I think when we when we give ourselves time to exhale and we give ourselves time, this isn't to say it's a perfect team that you'd make no changes to. Far, far from it. But this isn't a flawed group that proved they can't get it done. They pushed the back-to-back champs who could very well go on another run here to the absolute brink. And you know what? They couldn't find one more goal when it mattered and they couldn't get one bounce when it mattered. Now, you can kind of go one way or another in terms of which which side of those things you believe is, is uh, more the reason there. I tend to think luck plays a huge part. I really do. Now, you know, I know I was listening to Kipper and Bourne yesterday, and they're going to break down all these all these avails uh, later today. Uh, Austin, you're trying to talk to me there or you talk to somebody else? Okay, sorry. Just uh, just clarifying here. We're trying to keep uh, keep tabs on, on what's going on because, uh, again, we're going to bring you all of the Leafs today, of course, The big question now going forward is, what do you want to hear from these guys today? Keefe, Dubas, Shanahan, very easy to have very pointed questions at those guys. Sheldon Keefe, what could you have done differently in a series that was oh so close? Would you have shaken up your lines? Would you have changed the tactics you used earlier on in the series? Was it a messaging issue with the team? Those are all fair questions to ask about Keefe. And I think right now, because we're all kind of at a loss for what to do with this team, Keefe is the guy that we all sit there and go, okay, well, if you're changing anything, that's probably the easiest thing to do. So those are all pointed questions that are going to be asked. Kyle Dubas, there are plenty of things you can sit there and ask him about. I mean, we've all done the revisionist history on the Nazem Kadri trade 8,000 times. Maybe today's the day for 8,001. He's going to get asked about his goaltending. What do you do with Jack Campbell going forward? What does Jack Campbell do with himself? 
you know, we, we, he clearly loves being a Leaf, but he's also clearly a guy who goes through the ringer when he plays in a season, and it's a little harder here. There's no doubt about that. Now, I'm not saying Campbell's running away from that. I think he runs to it. I think he loves it. But it doesn't mean he's going to sign up to do it for next to nothing like he was making this year. That's a big, big question. And then if you climb the totem pole a little bit higher, what do we have to ask Brendan Shanahan? This is a guy who has, and, and again, I, I don't even like making this point because let me tell you one person who's not letting Brendan Shanahan skate. Brendan Shanahan, he is just as upset. He is as mad about all this as we are. I guarantee you that. But it's the Shanna plan. It's got his name on it. And now we're still sitting here. We're still waiting. We're still searching for that moment when the puck goes in the net and you have more than the other team in a series clinching game. You've had, oh, 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 so many cracks at it. So for all of those guys, I think there are a ton of questions to ask for Shanahan. How much faith do you have in Dubas? I think there's going to be very pointed questions to that regard. Now, I don't think you're going to get any answers other than I believe in this guy or he wouldn't be the GM anymore. So I think that that's probably not going to, you know, that line of questioning isn't going to get us too far. But there are very pointed, important questions to ask those guys. All right. Austin Matthews, we knew he was going to talk. Let's hear what the 60-goal man has to say. That, that feeling really goes away, uh, you know, too soon. So, What do you say to a guy like Jason? He just said that he's questioning himself, wondering if he did enough to help push this team over. What kind of conversations have you had with him? Um, I mean, I think those conversations are always going to be between uh, me and Spets and uh, just kind of internal, but... Um, you know, I think always, you know, especially when a season ends like this, you always kind of look back and um, you know question different things and a lot of emotions and I guess thoughts that go through your head. Um, but uh, obviously, um, you know, everybody feels different emotions. Everybody feels different thoughts. Do you believe that this group, more or less, is a single the core and extra guys have what it takes eventually to get over this camp and take it to the next level? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, I believe it. I think. Everybody in this room believes it. Um, you know, I don't think that you know we can really concern ourselves with opinions of others or the media or if, um, you know fans and other people think. But I know that it, you know deep down in this room that we all believe in each other, and um, you know it's obviously still a tough pill to swallow. But um, you know, I don't think that belief ever wavered, and I think uh, throughout the year, through the ups and downs that we went through as a team, um, you know, slow start. Uh, shaky a little bit in the middle of the season. I think we just always found a way to push back and push back, and you know, even throughout the series. So, um, you know, I know that the belief in this room is, is still very high, uh, regardless of you know the outcome and, and what maybe outside opinions think. Okay, for those who are back, what do you guys take out of this series and how that loss happened? Um, you know, I mean, in the end, it's not the outcome obviously that we wanted. Um, you know, and it sucks. It's, like I said, it's, it's, it sucks. It's a tough pill to swallow, but um, you know, I just felt like it was a much different, uh, you know, feeling throughout the series than, than previous years, and um, just the effort and the pushback that we had, and um, you know, but ultimately, uh, you're still even go home. Obviously, not not in a great place, and um, you know, pretty frustrated about you know how we how the way things ended. You guys, you, guys, you guys could have gone up 2-0, you could have gone up 3-1, you could have ended it in game six. Like what's, is there a missing ingredient there in, the, in those key moments so uh, I know, I, f- I found that, you know, maybe in previous game sevens and in games like that, we kind of, 
you know, went into the game maybe like a little bit hesitant feeling that out, but I thought this series, like we just went out there and played, played hard. There was no second guessing. I think everybody really um, you know, was obviously motivated and, and, and went out there and, and tried their best and, and played hard and uh, tried to do everything that they could. I didn't really feel like, you know, previous years where maybe we just kind of had one foot in, one foot out. It felt like we just kind of met it head on. And unfortunately, um, you know, there has to be a, a team that loses and we we're on that side again. So uh, it's still frustrating. It still hurts. Also, can I get your thoughts on... Um when you heard about what happened with Mitch last night, just your old feelings as to what, what did you think of him? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm just happy he's okay, um, you know, that he wasn't hurt. I don't really know um, much more than, than I guess you guys do, but obviously it's it's great to see him here today and um, can't imagine that that's a very fun experience to go through. So, um, you know, we're all just glad he's okay. Austin, this was Jack's first full season as, as a starter. What did he show you this year? He shows uh, he shows up every game no matter what. Um, you know he wants to be in there. He wants to compete. Um, you know I think when he got hit in Game Seven, I don't think there was any doubt in anybody's mind that there was no chance he was coming out of the net. Um, you know that's just the kind of competitor and the kind of guy he is. He wants to battle. He wants to uh, compete for his teammates and. Um, you know, I think throughout his season, he was going to have ups and downs. And um, I thought the way that he came out of, uh, you know, those little dips um, was great. And he ended up playing. Obviously, he had a really good, uh, um, you know, last part of the season for us and played well in playoffs for us as well. So um, we all love Soup. I think everybody kind of knows what you, what you get with him. He's just a competitor, happy guy, always makes everybody feel welcome and around uh uh, happy around you, so um, you know, it was really impressive to see him kind of grow into that role and, and take it by the uh, take it by the horns. When you reflect on the series, is there something you guys can borrow from Tampa? Is there something that you're doing better that you're wanting to implement? Um, you know, I don't know. I I just I felt like you know just the margin was so small. You know, it's uh, you know such a, a tight tight margin. The teams are so good that. I don't know. It's game adventure. It's tough to say. Are you heading off for the summer of the Serbian team to be able to help? Yeah, fairly. I think just kind of see, um, you know, as you kind of wind down and let the body recover, just kind of see how it feels. But for the most part, yeah. Maybe this is a dumb question considering you scored 60 goals, but the wrist was okay on you? Yeah, the wrist was all right. Yeah, it felt good. Uh, a little uh, groin, a little bit uh, knee as well. Um, just, you know, nothing serious, just the bumps and bruises along the way, um, you know, especially towards the end of the year. Um, but, you know, come playoff time, it's, you know, everybody's kind of going through something and you just got to battle. Thanks, guys. There is Leafs forward Austin Matthews. Obviously, I mean, look, this isn't a question for this offseason, but the big question with him going forward is, is him. And where is he going forward? Not eligible for an extension this summer. He is eligible for one as of next uh, July 1st. So, I mean, obviously you want to lay the groundwork to make this guy as comfortable and as happy here as, as kind of humanly possible. Because look, he's the golden goose. You know, we all love Mitch Marner. And man, was he incredible this year? Did he t- take real strides? Hey, William Nylander, I think, I think we've all kind of finally found uh, this is an old Babcockism on him. We've all kind of found our level with William Nylander. Those of us who are maybe a little too high, we've come a little back down to earth to realize, yes, there are the ebbs and flows in his play. And those of you who are a little down on him, maybe you say, 
Yeah, okay, so the guy takes a shift off or a game off every now and then, but he is still far, far exceeding what you get as a cap hit for him. You know, you love all those players. Morgan Riley, his new extension is about to kick in next year. You love what he brings you on the blue line. But this team isn't this team without 34 popping 50 or, or 60 a year. So he is the guy you have to keep happy. He is the guy you have to keep in, you know, content here. Everything you do from here on out, of course, is about winning. And this is the thing. The two things should go together. Making your team better and making it a more competitive environment here will only make Austin Matthews happier and will only make it more likely that he wants to stay. I'll be honest. I'm going to put my cards on the table here. I think you have to go out of your way to screw up to make Austin Matthews want to leave. I don't think there's a world where this guy's saying, oh, get me to the Big Apple. Please, 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 please let me get to New York. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, is L.A. probably an appealing destination? Yeah. Would it be more so if they would have won a playoff round and all those guys had the, the you know, battle-tested nature that we're trying to find here? Yeah. It probably, it probably would. Uh, We are going to step aside here, take a quick little break, and then we will hear from some more of the Leafs. Again, it is Leafs Nation, Brent Gunning, walking you through Leafs Locker Cleanout Day here on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan. Leafs speaking today as they close out their season. Let's listen to Morgan Riley. You want your PK to be ready, you want your power play to be ready, but in the playoffs, it's just a lot tighter. It's one of the things you guys take away is the killer instinct because you, know, you could have gone up 3-1, could have gone up 3-1, could have ended it. You weren't able to get that separation against the yeah. fans. Yeah, well, yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, you'd love to win in four, <laughs> you know. I think, yeah, like you win the first game, you go home, and, and, and you feel great. Like I mean, you watch your shifts, you, you talk to the guys, everybody feels confident, but they go home and, I mean, they they're pissed off and they got to come back and win a game so you know it's not like we it's i mean they're not rolling over they're the 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 two-time you know champions for a reason and you know to 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 earn the right to 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 play deep like that um i mean you got to have the killer instinct and you know we've been talking about that as a group and i think that this is another good opportunity to 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 add that to our group and i mean this loss hurts and i I mean i think it's going to build um, you know, that hatred for it, and uh, I mean, that's, that's that's what you hope for anyway. Morgan, you guys give the athletes privilege to play something game for a co mm-hmm. and the reality hits here, it's something that happened to Mitch last night. Mm-hmm. What, what are your personal thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me to talk about, because, you know, I, I don't know the details and everything and how much he wants to get into it, so I'll, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to avoid it, but, you know, it's definitely unfortunate. We're, we're happy he's okay, and, um, uh, there's no real injury, but, um, you know, I think I'll let him kind of address it beyond that. What's uh, Jason Spezza meant to this team for the last three seasons? Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's meant a lot. He's been um, he's been a great leader for us. He's been a guy that, that almost everybody can lean on and has has had an opportunity to kind of lean on and pick his brain. And, um, you know, the joy that he brings to the rink every day is 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 extremely contagious and um i think that's one of the most important things and um i mean when you're around a person who 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 is great at what they do and they have been great for a long time and they still have the joy and um you know that that burning you know idea of just wanting to win and improve and you know be here i think that that's that's a that's a cool it's a cool 
you know, person to be around and to, to have on your team. Jason? Something dramatic happens to this team, either by way of trade or something further up the chain of command. Mm -hmm. How unsettling would that be to what you guys have established with each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an, an, an interesting question, which I, I don't, it's, you know, really hard to answer because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, obviously, as a, as a player and as a team, you don't want to to have that type of stuff impact you. You want to just keep rolling. You want to show up for training camp and be ready. That being said, um, I do think our group has has truly become closer, the, you know, the past couple of years. Um, um, and there is, I mean, there is a, this kind of like a goal we have that we want to do it together and want to support one another and just be there for each other. And so if, if, if change comes, that's, I mean, that's the business, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, always a bit uh, a bit hard to deal with. But like I said, as, as a player, you don't want to let that stuff shake you. You just want to keep working and keep showing up. Jason, Sheldon mentioned there was a lot more respect in the handshake line for you guys after this game, and they were very complimentary of, of you guys afterwards in the media. Mm -hmm. What, if anything, does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's nice, but you know, ultimately, you don't want to be in that position. Um, um, you want to be, you know, playing, and um, you know, I think it's a classy move. But uh, like, you know, I think you'd rather just, you know, not be the ones they're talking about after they just beat you. That's all. Jason mentioned that there was, you felt there's more work poured into this season by you guys than ever before. Yeah. Do do you think there's another level in terms of effort, or, yeah. or is there maybe personnel? That's this? No, I, I I think there has to be more. I think um, I think there's always more, um, especially when the outcome is what it is. I think there has to be more. Yes. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. That's basically the crux of the issue, isn't it? Right there at the end. I'm so happy Morgan Riley answered the uh, respect question the way he did of, yeah, great, cool, they beat us. I'd rather them hate me and I beat them as opposed to them respecting me. Uh, the, the respect championship banner that will now hang forever at Scotiabank Arena. Oh, my goodness. And I know Keith immediately followed it up with, but we don't care about that. That that quote has not stopped ringing in my ears since it's the exact opposite of Patrick Waugh and his two Stanley Cup links plugging his ear. It has been just ringing, ringing, ringing throughout mine. The question that Riley gets asked at the very end there, what can this team do? Was there more you can give? And I, I don't know what Morgan Riley is supposed to say there other than, yeah, there has to be, right? He can't sit there and woe is me it and go, yeah, we needed a bounce. We needed a luck. We needed a call. No, he can't do that because the second you do that as an athlete, you've already lost. But if there is more effort to give and there is more gumption to scrape and find, then what's it going to take to find it? And I, I, again, I don't know what Riley's supposed to say other than, no, he gave it our absolute all and we're just not good enough. Well, then personnel changes need to come. That's, that's the crux of this all. And I think the problem is, is we both kind of believe both things. I'm sitting here going, man, this team's so good, so good. Look how talented they are. Look how close they were. Look at that amazing team they just lost to. But I'm also sitting here going, well, why? Why can they never, ever inch across the finish line? And that's the entire crux of the, that's actually the entire crux of the issue here in terms of what this team is going to do. So we've heard from Spezza, we've heard from Matthews, we've heard from Morgan Riley. Again, we will not hear from, from Mitch Marner today. I think the other big two guys we need to hear from are John Tavares. Now, 
Well, I don't know what Morgan Riley is supposed to say. I don't know what John Tavares is supposed to say. You know, uh, his contract is going to be a continual piece of the conversation here until it's until it's up and or until it's no longer here. That's pretty much the crux of the matter. I don't know that you're going to get a pointed, you know, question to him about it. Campbell, I imagine he is going to Campbell. I imagine he is going to get asked about his future and he's going to say, I don't know. It's season ended three days ago. I don't know what I'm supposed to do going, going forward with that. Uh, we we want to hear. We want to continue to keep hearing from the Leafs today. I want to hear from you on the text line five ninety five ninety. Include your name and location. We will continue to bring you more of the Leafs. Still plenty of players to hear from, and then management coming up after twelve thirty. Keep on listening to Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. Leafs Nation, Brent Gunning here, walking you through the Leafs' end-of-season availabilities. And I'm not going to give this any credence, but I know nature is healing because I'm getting just just atrocious trade proposals on the text line. Oh, boy, these, some of these are bad. Keep them coming because I'm only, I'm only going to highlight the good ones here. So uh, maybe I'll be able to sneak through. Uh, 590-590 is the text line. Please include your name and location. Want to hear from you guys. What are you making out of, out of what you're hearing today? Again, I, I keep going back to... It is nice to hear from all the players, and I i don't know if this is the right word. You want to get the proper amount of contrition. I don't, I don't know if that's quite the right word, but whatever Morgan Riley did, just take that tact and move it forward. Uh, we're not good enough. I'm not good enough, and we all need to find another level. He got asked. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good question. I think it was Rosie DeMano who, who asked it. I, I'm, apologies if I got that wrong. Of What would it do to the group? if there was a big change in the core or in management, because so much of the conversation last year after they could not get it done against Montreal and before that, when they could not get it done against Columbus is you need to make these guys realize there are consequences that it's not just going to be, you know, the wolf pack riding together forever. And we're the three best friends that ever was. There are consequences to what happens. Now, the thing I'll say is, I don't know that you want the consequences of what could happen again. A, a William Nylander trade. No one's saying it can't happen, but we, we've done this dance a million times. I think if there was a William Nylander trade that would help the lease, it would have been made by now. Do you think there's been a single player in the NHL that hasn't been hypothetically traded for William Nylander at some point in time in the last three years? But the question has always been, what would it do? What would it take to make this group wake up? But the problem is, is they don't need a wake-up call. This wasn't a group that sleptwalked through the first round, figuring the bounce would eventually come. This is a group that grit and bared down and came up just short to a really good team. Now, does that mean changes need to be made? Again, probably not big, massive changes here. This isn't a, you know, you're not gutting your kitchen if you're doing a house reno here, but you need to make some changes. Does it need to be a little more than cosmetic? It probably does. You know, you look at all the players who are up this year. You know, we're all doing the run it back, run it back. And again, I I still in the grand scheme of things think with the roster, run it back is in all likelihood the move. But look at all the guys who may not be run back. Ilya Mikheyev. Now, Jason Spencer just said, I'm not playing anywhere else. It sounds like if the Leafs won't have him, beer league teams should get to calling because that guy's playing hockey in Toronto next year, okay? Now, the good thing I think that happened here with Spezza this year is you got a bit of that awkwardness out of the way. 
Last year, because of the guy he was and because of everything that happened with Babcock and because Joe Thornton was around, it was harder to sit him. But this year, you just got that out of the way. I think it is very apparent to the Leafs and to Spezza and even to somebody like me, Brent Gunning, that if Spezza is back on this team, he should not expect to play more than 55 games in the regular season. It not be a lock that he's part of your your fourth line when the playoffs roll around. And I think the fact that you had that conversation, it helps. A guy I'd love to see back is Mark Giordano. Let's hear if he gets asked about it. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, he had a great game for sure. Um, but yeah, you, I, I think there's that thing you want to be a part of, uh, part of it if you're from this city, seeing this team be successful. So, yeah, it was uh, again. It's uh, again, we felt like we were right there. Took them right to the end, but um, didn't get didn't get the the result. Obviously. And uh, stings today. What's your, what's, your, what's your desire to come back, Mark? Given your victory status. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows I'm from Toronto. I love it here. I love my time here. So, see what happens in the next. Talk to my agent here in the next week, or you know, after it's still pretty fresh the, the loss. But uh, talk to him and go from there. And obviously, uh, I don't think it's a secret that I enjoyed my time here. Mark, where do you feel your game is at at this point? I feel like I could, uh, you know, I could still contribute. I can still uh, help the team push forward, push the needle forward. And, uh, you know, I always say the, the moment I don't think I'm contributing positive, in a positive way, I'm not, not going to keep going. But I, I feel pretty good about my game. And I feel like I'm a guy who can all, uh, also help young guys uh, along the way. So, um, no, I, f- I felt, felt good and keep training hard and hopefully keep going here for a few more years. I'm sure you thought about playing for your hometown team at three different points. What was it actually like to play for? Oh, it's been an awesome, an awesome experience. Uh, obviously, being able to, to play on the rink and put that jersey on the atmosphere in the rink, it's cool. But then having the support of a lot of family, friends, and fans around the city has been, been really good too. So really enjoyed it uh, um, and, and had a great time with it for sure. I'm late here. Um, can you just tell me how you're feeling for your teammate, Mitch Barner, after what happened to him last night? Yeah, a little a really scary situation. Uh, uh, glad to see him today and, and and talk to him and see that everything's okay with him today. But uh, those things are, are never easy to deal with as a, as a person, and uh, it's a, a scary situation for sure. Have you ever dealt with anything like that? No, I haven't, thankfully, for, for myself. But... Uh, Sounds really, really scary. Mark, play, uh, playing for the hometown team aside, do you, did you get enough of the, the sample size with this core to believe it can win in the future and that you get part of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I think right from, uh, you know, Johnny's uh, the captain, the leader of the group, of Mitchie, Maddie, I mean, all those guys, the way they uh, the way they battled and competed is, is something, you know, special to watch from your top players. And I, I definitely think that those guys can push this team in, into, you know, the, obviously the right direction, but over that, that line of, of winning and losing. Do you think this group, more or less, as assembled, has what it takes to get to the next level? Yes, I do. What can Timothy take from his first taste of this? Obviously, you got those first couple of games that had to watch. What, what can he take from it? Oh, I think he should be proud of himself. I thought, uh, you know, since I've been here and watching him play as a young guy, I was really impressed. I thought uh, played with... Uh, Really, really incredible poise for a young guy, and, and handled a lot of 
high pressure situations really well. So I think he's just he's so young. He's just got to keep building and building, and uh, he's going to be a great player for a long time. Free agents signed for lots of different reasons: role, location, money. What's what's your top priority? Uh, I just honestly at this point in my career, it's all about being on you know a team that can that I can believe can win and uh, get to that next level and. That's all it's about for me. It's hard to believe that was your first game seven, considering how long you've been around. What stood out about it? Uh, I, it's just such a... I, I think it's a lot like other playoff games, but the stakes go even higher. I mean, every play, every shift means so much. And, I mean, we saw that in game seven. Uh, there wasn't much... Uh, there wasn't much difference between the two teams on the ice, I thought, all series. But especially in that game, you saw how tight it is and how hard it is to win in this week. I'll be watching for sure, but uh, it's just right now it's tough to watch hockey at all for the next few few days and weeks or whatever it is. Uh, you're, you're honestly, you, you think about every play, you, you, you go back in your mind and think about what you could have done different as a player and as a team and uh, probably get away from it for a little bit here. Jason, you've had a lot of questions about his future. Is someone you know, kind of on the same page as him? What do you think is going through his head right now, and how difficult is it to kind of understand how you can be effective holding him through? Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot, probably for Spez, uh, a lot of different things. Just like myself, going through your mind. I think uh, we're both very similar in this, in the sense that we're both from Toronto, and we have our family here, and we grew up here. So. Um, I'm looking forward to sitting down with Spez and having good conversations over the next little bit. And uh, but I'm sure there's a ton going through, you know, his mind, just like myself. Did you, he seem to, to really stress that if he doesn't feel that he can contribute in a meaningful way, that's kind of what he's not going to want to do it anymore? Did you feel that he was able to make a significant part of this group? Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> I, I just think uh, I mean Spez is off the ice top-notch guy, leader, all those things. But even on the ice, you can see his, his presence out there with our team. Uh, I mean, he's he's been a top guy in the league for a long time. And for him to be able to, you know, going from a guy who probably played over 20 a night to, to playing in his role this year, to see him uh, adapt and play so well in that role is really impressive. It's it's not a lot of not a lot of guys in the league can do that at the end of their career is, is accept that. And I think he does a great job of that. Thanks, Gio. What can't Jason Spezza do? Jason Spezza kicks off media day availability. He gets the ball rolling, says, I did not do enough, Jason. You've always done more than enough. Your speech basically willed them to a game five win. And it sounds like, not that he had to do too much of it, the sales pitch to Mark Giordano on being an aging vet with the Leafs core trying to get them over the hump is going Swimmingly. Now, the thing I'll say about Giordano versus Spezza is, even though, I mean, I don't have their ages in front of me, but I do feel like Giordano is just a hair younger, but he is a bit more of an impact player at this point in time. I just talked about it with Spezza. This is a guy who is not going to be in your lineup every night next year. You know, not not because he can't do it, but it's just about best maximizing him and trying to find an identity with that fourth line. That's not going to be the case with Giordano. If he's back on this team, he is on this team. He is probably on your third pair. Think about the left side. You could, in theory, return. Again, Jake Muzzin's still under contract. Now, I know a lot of people want to have conversations there. Uh, they're both 38 years old. I'm getting uh, in my ear from Austin Mackey, so thank you for that. Look at that. Wow. 
I think Spets is aging just like a hair better, but maybe it's just the hair. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's all uh, all, all it is there. But, you know, look at your left side. Now, I know a lot of people want to have conversations about Jake Muzzin. Very fair conversations to have, although I think he bounced back in a huge way in the playoffs. And, you know, we always talk about the difference of guys to get through the regular season or, or to the playoffs and then guys to get you through the playoffs in the end. And I think Muzzin might not help you as much in game one to 82, but when game 83 rolls around, he he was more, more, more than ready to rock. You could have Geo, Mo, Muzzin, and then you also still have Rasmus Sandin poking around as a left shot. Your right side, is Labushkin back? That's a big question. You know, this is a guy who played with Morgan Riley. But you have TJ Brody there, you have Timothy Lilligren there, and you have Justin Hall there. Now, Lilligren needs a new deal, same with Sandin, but they're both RFAs, and because of the limited minutes and role they played, I don't expect them to have too, too big a contract ask there. Probably roll it over, take a bridge, take a qualifying, something like that, and keep it moving. But for Giordano, this isn't a guy who is a an 850K player, 900K or whatever it is Jason Spezza makes. And that's the real question for him. He can go out there and get some money next year. You know, he can go out and be a $2 million guy on the Columbus Blue Jackets just to, just to pick a team that I always like to throw darts at when I'm talking about unremarkable hockey clubs. Everyone likes Zona, not me. I'm a little hipstery. I like to throw darts at the Jackets there. He could be that guy there or go back to Calgary, maybe, who knows? But if he wants to be here and he wants to be part of this team that can get over the hump, it's going to have to be a real, real cheap deal because the bulk of your money is going to Campbell or whoever your goalie is. Got to pay Engvall. Not a lot, but you got to pay him. He's an RFA. Kasha, you want to bring him back? Got to pay him. You know, there's, there, it's just not, not the easiest thing to do. Now you move out Jake Muzzin's money, this becomes a little bit easier but I think the most encouraging part of that is Mark Giordano seems like a guy who is very, very open to coming back. It didn't seem like he needed to cash a big check based on it, on his answers there. And that's really, really encouraging. The fact that Giordano wants to sign up for more, it seems, is great. But it's all going to come down to a couple things this offseason. How much do you believe it was one bad bounce or it was a bad matchup in terms of getting Tampa? Hey, I'll put my hand up. I firmly believe the Leafs play just about anybody else in that first round. And we're not doing this right now. We're just setting up a second round series. But guess what? You can only play who's in front of you. And we say that all the time when the Leafs are beating up on crap teams and they're rolling over the state. Well, not the Sabres, because for some reason, the Sabre and the Sens turn into the 27 Yankees whenever, whenever the Leafs play them. But... You know, they roll over Detroit. They roll over the also-rans. And we say, well, you can only beat who's in front of you. You can't blame them for the schedule. And I guess I can't blame the schedule in the other way. You have a tough division. You have a loaded division. It is what it is. Figure out a way to win within it. I always make the point of the Jets who sat there in the Oilers and Flames division for a thousand years while those teams were just running roughshod over the league. And you know what? It stunk. But you know what they should have done? Found a way to get through because nobody in Winnipeg wanted to hear about what could have been. We're still expecting to hear from from plenty of different players today. Obviously, uh, Jack Campbell and John Tavares. Those are the two I'm most curious to hear from. Mark Giordano was a guy I was very, very big on hearing from. And I'll be honest, said everything I wanted to hear. I didn't think he was going to throw the team under the bus. Like if he didn't, if he had been with this group since the deadline and he thought, you know what, this group actually can't. He wasn't going to come out and just bury them on media day, but the fact that he was so equivocal or unequivocal about, I do believe this team can win. It's no secret. This is a place I want to be. 
Those things are all really, really encouraging there. But you need to hear from Jack Campbell. What's his future hold? Is he the guy? He's good enough in the playoffs. No one is going to sit here and say they lost the series because Jack Campbell wasn't good enough. He didn't steal him a game. Stole him. Did he steal them game one? No, they played really well, and so did he. Did he keep them alive in games that they had no business being in for periods? Yes, they abso- he absolutely did that. But did he stand on his head and, you know, make 45 saves? No, he didn't. And I don't know that the goalie that you can go out and get is that is out there to do that, quite frankly. Darcy Kemper, we're excited about that. Vili Husso, Vinny Husso, the fact that I'm unsure as to which one of those is kind of tells you everything you need to know about the guy there. The Blues, hey, they know how to roll the hand with the hot goalie as well as anyone. And guess what? Now that their money games are back, they have their money goalie back in net, and it's Jordan Bennington. So I, I don't know how much excite, how much that excites you. I know some people have talked about, okay, go do the thing. Go get a good guy. Don't sit here and pick around the fringes. Go get me Connor Hellybuck. Go get me a John Gibson. Well, that starts at William Nylander. It does. And then all of a sudden, you have taken your cap crunch and done basically nothing with it. Yes, you've alleviated a concern because you no longer have to take that money and earmark it to a goalie. But you know what you're sitting there doing? Man, we got to get somebody who can play with John Tavares. That was a whole talk this year. John Tavares is an $11 million guy, and you need somebody who can play with them. It's a, it's a matter of fact. Now, you can make the argument, hey, split up Matthews and Marner over an 82-game season. Let's hear from the aforementioned, always traded, but not by me, William Nylander. Really tough. I think it's still hard to, uh, to understand because I felt like we were uh, close, like really probably the closest we've been, I think, through battling and playing uh, every game and feeling like our game uh, has grown. Which is uh, which is hard, but um, you just have to uh, learn from this. I mean, we played a great team and and build, and I think that we can reach even further. And I think that that's what is the only positive thing that you can take out of this. How do you reach even further? Jason was saying that you guys committed so much, did so many good things, got to another level, sort of in terms of commitment and work ethic and that sort of thing. How do you get to that next level? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, starts with this summer and having a great summer and then coming in uh, to, the, to the next season just wanting to be better than what we did. I mean, a lot of guys on this team had unbelievable seasons and want to get past uh, or do better than what we did last year and obviously in the playoffs just uh, bear down uh, a little bit more. I thought we all bared down and we just saw how, uh, how hard it is to win and we just need that little uh, little extra step, and I think it has been. Uh, it was it was there um, most of the time. The series we just weren't able to to get that final final step there. Willie, what makes that? What made that game seven so hard that maybe fans, people who weren't on the ice, don't understand? What would you say to them about why that was so difficult? I mean, it's a it's a game seven, and we uh, we want to win, and at the same time, you don't want to uh, get scored on. Um, you're trying to push and play, play good both sides of the puck, or uh, good both both sides of the puck. Um, I mean, it, it's hard. We've been in a lot of game sevens where we come out on the wrong side, and I think uh, we're uh, slowly uh, understanding the way we need to play is more so like uh, like game six where we just came out uh, when we came back there and just keep pounding the puck and stuff like that. Uh, I think is something that I mean it's hard to do in that kind of situation, but that's kind of how you have to play. William. For whatever reason, every season after the conclusion, you're the guy that seems to get zeroed in on in terms of a, a trade possibility. Is that frustrating to hear how you're going to approach this summer? 
my summer will be the same. Like, uh, I feel like the team has been, I mean, first of all, that I've heard since I got to Toronto. So, like, <laughs> that is that is what it is. But I feel like I believe in this group so much, and I feel like we've grown um, together. And, I mean, we're so close, but yet we didn't win. And I feel like the progress is, is there. I mean, everybody wanted to win this year. And um, I'm just focused on being here and, and getting ready for next year. Like that's not my part. I don't really think about it. Um, like I said before, I want to be here, and this is where I want to win and get that next step uh, as a team. I think we're capable of it, and we uh, we can take that next step. What did you guys do after Game Seven? Did you guys stay together for hours afterwards? Uh, yeah, Game Seven was tough. I think um, some guys just went home and just did their thing try to digest what happened I mean it is uh can't really explain to you how it feels it's it's really hard, tough to uh to feel that way I mean still feeling the same way you can't really you don't really want to do anything it's just it's just rattling I mean it's going to take some time to get over this one for sure a, a tough couple of days I'm sure you heard the news about your teammate Mitch last night or Jack what do you have to say about when you heard about that yeah, obviously, uh, I was super, uh, super scared about uh, about what happened, but um, he's fine and and everything was uh, was okay. Obviously, that's really scary, and you don't wish that happens to anybody. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. I mean, that that stuff happens uh, more and more now. So I mean, you got to be uh, try to be safe. But I'm happy that he's uh, he's doing okay. Has anything like that ever happened to you? Uh, no, not that I can think of so does, far. Does not going to. You're going to drive be a little more like more careful. When obviously, you probably have a nice car. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, but I mean, you, you, I don't think you can really do anything in that situation. You, how are you supposed to know that people are going to be waiting for you uh, wherever you are? Like going to the movies, like that would maybe be the last place I think somebody would come. So, I mean, obviously, you'd probably be a little bit more alert, but I don't think that there's uh, much you can do if somebody comes at you like that. Well, do you think there's anything specific missing from this team, or is it just a matter of one goal in a game set decided? Yeah, I mean, I think it was one goal. I mean, same thing, game six, one goal. Like, I don't think that there's uh, a lot missing, actually. I think that we've grown, like I said before, as a team, and we're pushing uh, pushing to get to that next step. I mean, as bad as everybody else wants it, we want it even more. I mean, been here for a while, and lost in these game sevens is, is really tough. And um, like I said before, I think we've taken big steps as a team and as a group, and we want to keep building off of that. And... I mean, we won't be satisfied until we uh, until we get to where we want to be. Well, this is the second straight playoff. You've been a point a game player in the series. You've been getting what you want from yourself in these moments. Yeah, but I, I I feel like there's still the opportunity to do more. I mean, maybe you can look at game two, whatever, when we have a one nothing lead at home, or you might have wanted to get that game. I think is a huge game, or uh, game four in Tampa. Um, those are games that you. Uh, kind of look back on and you realize the, the importance of those games more so than I think game seven. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, guys. Okay, two quick things, then we're going to step aside here. William Nylander uh, created in a lab to irk people after a playoff loss, but also created in a lab to play just in a market like this because he doesn't get irked by any any of this. Brent Gunning here, uh, Leafs Nation, walking you through all the end-of-season avails. Still hear from plenty more players along with the management today. Keep on listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. 
Leafs having their end of season avails today, including Jake Muzzin, who's speaking right now. Another upper body injury that we were battling through, and um, but I feel good now. How do you feel the team approached the Game 7 moment? I know talking to William before the game, he said in the past there had been some tentative. Yeah. What did you see from the group in Game 7? Yeah, I, I felt like it was the same. Um, saying that, not the same before, but like we, our, our mentality in the group was we felt good, we were confident, um, and I thought we performed well. I mean, it was it's a tight game. It goes one bounce here, one bounce there. It's and that's and that's the way it is. And and you know we got to find ways to come on the other end of the, those bounces. Is that why it's hard though to define what growth should be then, Jake, when it does come down to those very things. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it it can be hard to to find because we are so close. But um, I think in the room there's there's belief and. Um, I think there's also an understanding that everyone everyone needs to be a little bit better, um, and, and I, it starts now. It's it's getting ready again. It's you know it's, it's a tough thing to do, but um, I think it's in there. Austin's coming off a 60 goal season yeah. in his 97. How much more room do you see for, for growth from those guys? And is that maybe one of the reasons what gives you so much confidence? Yeah, I mean you, you look at the numbers and it they're pretty impressive and. Um, so I think there's there's always always room to get better, no matter if it's numbers or mentality, um, attitude, um, you know, controlling emotion. Like there's there's always levels of improvement in a player and a person um, and in their game, and and I think that goes with everyone. Have you have you seen uh, Mitch this morning after what happened last night, the carjacking? What, how's he doing? He's great. Yeah, what do you what do you think about what happened? I, th I think it's unfortunate, um, but I mean, sometimes this is <laughs> this is nothing to do with hockey. This is life, and uh, um, it's an unfortunate event. But I've talked to Mitch, and he seems okay. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. There is Jake Muzzin. Big news coming out of that, of course, is that uh, he admits what we all knew, what we all expected. Not only did he have the concussion issue in the back half of the season, but he was also dealing with an upper body injury. And just in case you're coming off the back of that and, and hearing it, I want to be clear. All of these guys, they got asked the question. This wasn't Jake Muzzin starting his presser going, uh, here's an excuse I would like to lay out for a reason. No. He's dealing with something, okay? It's not an excuse. He would tell you he needs to be better. He just did tell you they all needed to, to be better. You know, the question he got posed there about, about Matthews and Marner and the seasons they had and, and Marner, 97 points, and Matthews, 60 goals. Can they find another level? Do they have another another place they can dig deep? And I don't know, man. The the I think what we're seeing with hockey players, and hey, man, the absolute greats completely defy this. Look at the season Sidney Crosby just had, okay? No one's saying you have to have had your best season by the time you're 25 or 26, but we do need to get a little bit out of the thinking that, oh, well, when Austin Matthews is 28, that's when he'll be his fully formed self. No, this is the fully formed entity right here, right now. Same goes with Mitch Marner. This isn't to say they can't refine their games. This isn't to say they can't find another level. They can't dig a little deeper. But the idea that there's another leap coming, it is entirely possible Austin Matthews just scored the single most goals he will score in an NHL season. Now, you can ask for him to score more in the playoffs. Absolutely. Very fair ask to have. But the idea that it's just another leap from these guys, they just made a huge one. 
All we did all year was complain, or all summer was complain that these guys didn't bring it. And look at the playoff. I'll, I'll speak specifically about Marner here. Look at the playoff he just had. Okay. This is a guy who we all sat and I, I will put my hand up. I probably more than anyone else said, oh yeah, same amount of goals in the playoffs is puck over the glass penalties. Way to go. I thought the moment was too big. And guess what? I was completely wrong. That guy had one of the best games I've seen him play in the NHL in game seven. It wasn't because the moment was too big or he couldn't get it done. It is any one fine thing. Any one play goes differently. And we're talking about the series in such a different way. William Nylander. It all, it all goes back. We, we listened to Willie before we, we took the break there. And I said, I do think he has the perfect demeanor. The perfect, to, to borrow a term from my, my dear, dear radio partner, Gord Stellick. The right comportment to play in Toronto. He doesn't get phased. Stuff doesn't bug him. But I will say, if we're sitting here going, where can this team take a leap? Where can they jump a level? Where can they make a stride? I will say one place is, can we have to recorrect William Nylander every 25 games as opposed to every 10? That'd be a nice place to start. We all knew it was going to happen. He had the terrible game, and I think it was game four, the second, yeah, the second loss of the series, the second game in Tampa. Then you know what he was? He was tremendous ever since in that series. He was awesome. He was nails. Maybe we can get to a point where we have to recorrect him a, a little less often. That's where the strides can come from. Uh, the two guys we still expect we'll, we'll hear from today are Jack Campbell. I think that's probably the... I'm not going to say the single biggest question for the Leafs this offseason because until we have concrete confirmation that Sheldon Keefe is coming back, I think that's still the biggest question. Although, the longer this goes on, I would expect that Sheldon Keefe's back next year. Uh, Barry Trotz has been sitting out there since the Islanders let him go, and that didn't cause the Leafs any impetus to make a move. You know, I would, I would hope, and this is not me calling for Keefe to get fired, but I would hope you're not doing it just to do it. You better have a concrete example of somebody in place who is going to do better. If that guy for you is Barry Trotz, I have no qualms with that. But the longer we get into this, and I know we're only four days into the offseason, but the Sheldon Keefe's going to talk in a couple of minutes here. Once that happens, I think I think we know Sheldon Keefe's coming back would be my opinion on that. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Who, who knows how that plays out? But the two biggest questions are, is the coach back and who's your goalie? We're waiting to hear from the goalie. You know, every single guy has come up here today for the most part. Even even Nylander, they led him to water saying, hey, would you like to talk about how great you are in the playoffs? And he was the one. It's funny. We all think of Nylander as this guy who thinks, oh, I'm so great. Look at all my numbers. He is the first guy to bring up, oh, no, I actually, I was terrible in that game four. Now, here's what I'd say to that. Don't be. Don't do that. That's the next step of this. It's great. It's it's like you're raising a child or you're you're training your dog. Okay, awesome that you know you're not supposed to do it. Let's just not do it go, going forward. So, you know, the Nylander thing, thing is there. The next biggest question, though, is what do you do with Campbell? And how did Campbell take this loss? You know, I think Campbell made a lot of big strides this year in terms of, again, what's the right term for this? Letting himself off the hook, for lack of a better term. And the problem isn't, that he was taking accountability. We all want everybody to take accountability for what we do. The problem was 
was he was running up and being like, yeah, guys, it was my fault. Don't worry. And it's like, Jack, you, you let in two on 37 shots, not your fault. And I think we kind of found the balance there. But much like you hear it from every player, still days later, they're still wearing it. They're still eating it. They're still feeling it. I wonder how Campbell's going to take that. And then the last player we expect to hear from today is John Tavares. And that, to me, that's the biggest question in all of this. Everyone keeps asking, what do you do? I don't think you do anything. I don't. You know, this isn't, I don't think we're looking at a San Jose Shark scenario from many moons ago where you have the captaincy getting traded around. And you know what's going to truly fix this team it's putting the C on Austin Matthews' chest. I, like, I have no problem with that. If that's what is inside the room and that's what they deem is the right thing to do, we all see the guy who puts this team on their back 60 times a year. It's Matthews. Like, we have no qualms with that. But are any of us of the disillusion that just switching those letters around and now Tavares has the A and Matthews has the C that's going to change everything? I don't think it is. And you're not asking him to wave his no move, I don't think. I really, really don't think you are. Let's hear from Leafs goaltender Jack Campbell. It's definitely been a lot of reflecting and just really proud of the team. We're uh, right there and everybody laid it on the line. And, you know, like coach said, after to business, we got to win. But, you know, definitely proud of everybody's effort and, um, you know, what they brought to the playoff series. The big question around the team is actually you, right? You're an unrestricted free agent. Um, your thoughts on... What does summer holds for you in the future? Yeah, I mean, I honestly haven't had any time to think about it. I know it sounds funny, but just, you know, just winning here means everything to me. And um, I love the city of Toronto. I love the fans, the support. My teammates are absolutely incredible. The coaching staff, um, really everything. So, um, you know, obviously it's, it's a tough loss. We were right there, and that's all I've had time to think about. But... Um, as far as negotiating and all that, that'll be up to Kyle and my agent. Jack, how do you, how do you look back on, on this season personally? You know, you all-star appearance, but then some struggles mid-season. How do, you, how do you sort of wrap it all together? Just learning, you know. Um, really, my first year as a starting goalie, I learned a ton and, um, you know, ups and downs, but I definitely learned from it, and I'm ready to uh, keep getting better this summer, and I can't wait to see what we can do as a team and, and myself personally next season. What was the key to putting yourself back together, do you think, and playing so well down the stretch after your turn? Yeah, that's something I learned through the negative time, you know, coming back. Um, you know, I definitely was thinking a little too much during that, that tough stretch and, um, you know, just going out and having fun and, competing for for my guys in the room and um that was really the difference can you reflect a little bit on, on the, your, your initial thoughts on the trade that brought you here and what went through your mind when you realized you, know, you had an opportunity to do yeah i'll never forget that call and um you know kyle reaching out right away and our relationship um dating back to even before the Sioux where my, you know, he represented one of my best friends from Port Huron, and um, so I knew Kyle before that. And you know, just so excited to try to get it done and with this team and and uh, have success, you know, in the playoffs 
you know, he didn't put any pressure on me or anything. And I just remember him saying, just be yourself. And, um, you know, definitely feel um, like I can still give him more, you know, getting the job done in the playoffs. But it's just been an unbelievable experience. And I just absolutely love being a Leaf. How hard is it for you to be yourself in this market? Because there's so much media looking at everything that you do, so many fans looking at How hard is it to absorb that and be that camera? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's really fun, to be honest. Like, you know, I love the guys in the room, and at the end of the day, that's who we go to battle with, and the coaches and management and, and the fans are cheering us on. So, um, you know, the, the extra attention really is you know from the media side or whatnot it's just um it's just part of it and i think it's awesome and it really is a hockey player's dream to to play in a market like toronto and it's just been uh nothing but amazing for me jack you said you love the guys in the room just speak about what happened to your buddy mitch last night how are you feeling about that i'm just glad he's okay it's uh pretty traumatic experience and can happen to anybody but i'm just super uh you know, I'm just glad that he's okay, and that's the most important thing. Because of the bond that you have with these guys, Jack, would you consider taking a little bit less than you might get elsewhere to remain elite? Uh, like I said, you know, I'm still dissecting the uh, playoffs, and, you know, my mind's still thinking about that. And, you know, as far as me loving the city and, and doing everything I can to, to stay here, that's up to uh, Kurt and Kyle to discuss. What stands out about the support you get here, Jack? I'm sorry? What stands out about the support you get here? Um, I mean, it's pretty, I think everybody can kind of see it, you know, the way the fans have embraced myself and, um, you know, the whole team, especially during this playoff run and getting fans back in the building, this, you know, for most of the season, it was just incredible and just so motivating and, um, you know, it just makes me want to be the best person and, and player I can possibly be and want to get the job done. What's part of the turning point, though, for your to come back next year, Jack, be the support you get off the ice and getting you through tough times and knowing the people in the organization and that comfort level you have with them? Yeah, I mean, I just think um, the resources the organization gives us to make us the best player and person we can possibly be uh, is, is unbelievable. And um, there's no excuse to not get better this summer. So that's where my head's at, and I'm just going to try to do everything I can to be the best uh, me I can possibly be. Did you pick up an injury on the collision with Paul there in Game 7? Uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel great, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Andre Kozlowski had some supportive words for you in his handshake line. What was his message, and what did that mean to you? Yeah, he just... Uh, I think just respected the battle and, you know, our team. And, um, you know, it was fun to go toe-to-toe with them. But, you know, I'll definitely review it all and um, try to get better and hopefully do it again next year, but with a different result. Thanks, Hoop. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good summer, Jack. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Better hurry up and get out of that. He is going to go around and shake every single media member's hand, look them dead in the eye, even even the reporter who keeps asking everybody about Mitch Marner. And again, it's a terrible story. Uh, definitely more of a, a news angle than, than a sports angle there. If you are just joining us, I don't know how you could have missed this, given that every single guy has been asked about it. But Mitch Marner, uh, he was a victim of a carjacking last night. He is healthy. I know some of the players have spoke about seeing him there today. So all good in that regard. Obviously, uh, you know, thoughts going out to Marner there. Uh, but it is uh, it's a little 
flawed. Uh, we're doing all these pressers and the guys are in the throes of their game seven answer. And then it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's terrible. I don't really know what more I'm supposed to say to that. But here's the thing. When we ask them about game seven, they kind of have the same answer. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. I don't really know what I'm, I'm supposed to say about that. Obviously, Campbell, maybe more than anybody else, you can sit there and read a lot into what he says. Mark Giordano, I was waiting and ready, and uh, he he didn't he he didn't need to uh, make that any more plain than he did. I love being a Leaf. I'd like to be back. Winning is my biggest priority. I'd like to win here. Okay, so if you'd like the Jason Spencer deal, I'm sure it can be had. Uh, something tells me his agent would like to squeeze a couple more dollars uh, out of that. In terms of Campbell, felt like he was trying to walk a really fine line there. He was really complimentary to the team and all the resources they've given him. And, you know, for a guy like Campbell, who, let's be honest, you know, probably uses some more of that than other players do. You know, hey, maybe I'm wrong about all this, but I don't know that I uh, imagine William Nylander sitting there in the, you know, working with a mental coach to get mentally right because it that part of it just seems to come relatively easy to Nylander. And Campbell's a guy who's talked about how much the team has helped him in, in that regard, the resources they have. Talked about loving to be a Leaf. He said he would love to run it back and try to go again and have different results next year. But when he was asked about the deal, he said Kurt and Kyle talk about that and his agent, Kurt Overholt, I, I, I believe there, that's the guy who's going to discuss it with, with Kyle Dubas. And, you know, if there's a, I don't know, Jacob Markstrom got six million, uh, five by six million a couple of years ago or four by six million, one of those two, a couple of years ago. I don't know that Jack is quite, quite there, especially given the the dip he took at the back end of the season. But, I mean, four times five for the only capable starting goalie available in the free agent market. Again, okay, Darcy Kempfer's there, but the Avalanche just made a goalie look good who looked terrible with not the Avalanche. I'm talking about Philippe Grubauer there. And then the other guy's Huso with, with the Blues, and the Blues are out on him, and they're in the playoffs. So what does that tell you about that guy? There's really not a lot of options, and you only need one. You only need one team to to want to overpay you. And I, I don't even say overpay. If you're a starting goalie in the league, you're probably worth $5 million. I don't know that the least can do that. And this is all of the thing we're going to talk about, and this is all part and parcel with Matthews, you know? We're a year away from being able to talk about Austin Matthews' contract extension there is 1000 percent a world where austin matthews looks at what Connor mcdavid makes and says start me there he's never got 60 eight times that yes please well that's a raise but there's also a world there is also a world where austin matthews said man is it is it my fault no let's hear uh, you know austin matthews can say some things later we're gonna hear from lease captain john tavares right I think now it's just painful and it's disappointing uh as it was Saturday, um, obviously being that close and having the opportunity we had, and I think uh, you know the way we played in the series, and I think you know the amount of commitment and uh, work that was put in all year long, and the opportunity, like I said, the opportunity we had, and, and the way we played uh, for major parts of the series, and the, and the position that we were in, obviously it 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 it, uh, it released things, um, and we're disappointed and. You know, obviously today is kind of, you know, starting to move forward and closing the door on it and uh, learning from it and get back to work and, and start a new journey. And um, we know the belief is strong in the group and, you know, we're going to continue to do everything we can to uh, finally get to where we want to get to. And, and uh, you know, I, 
said it a little bit last offseason was um, keep banging on the door till we knock it down. So, you know, find find different ways in how we're going to do that and continue to get better and, and work at it. But, uh, um, you know, the belief is strong. We have a great uh, a great group of guys, obviously extremely talented, and there's nothing more than we want, want to do than win. What's it going to take to keep When the group is as close as it was in that seven-game series, not that what do you take from it moving forward? Well, obviously, we're right there, but it just shows you even in, even how hard it was to get that point, the amount of work that was put in, just uh, how difficult it is to win, and a uh, very fine line. And we want to be on the right side of that, and we haven't gotten there yet. So just the continuing... Uh, making ourselves uncomfortable and pushing ourselves uh, to get to levels that we haven't gotten to and doing it we can, uh, um, you know, doing everything we can uh, um, to help us get us there. We continue to uh, look where we were really strong, areas where we can be better, be more consistent, um, the challenges that we face as a team, you know, all that, I think, individually as well. So um, all things now that, that will continue to take a step back and look at and, and approach the summer and, and getting into uh, training camp and how we're going to be, uh, um, you know, finding our way. What's it meant for this group to have Jason Spencer around the last few years? I, I don't know if I can uh, measure and, and even have the words to say how important he's been for our team. And, and I know specifically for myself as the, as the captain and someone that I can really lean on. Um, and then obviously what he can do as a hockey player and how he's just accepted uh, the role that he has because he truly believes in, our, in this group here and, and what we can do and the opportunity that we have. Um, so it's and, it's and it's not even just that. It's, it's the fun and the joy he brings every day at his age and how long he's been around. So um, been an extremely important uh, player and person for us. When you reflect on the series, John, what do you think of the difference between you guys and Tampa? Like, is it just a matter of a little bit more effort, or is there something hockey-wise that you need to change? Um, it's a very fine line. It, you know, I think you, know, you think about it and you go in circles at times, uh, continuing to try to see where we can be a little bit better and, and what the difference can be. You know, obviously, they have so much, I think, trust and belief in what they do. And I think certainly the way we built our game throughout the season and the way we pushed back when we had to in the series um, and the position we put ourselves in, I think there's no doubt we had uh, incredibly strong trust and belief. And whether it's just making one play here, one play there, um, just the smaller details outside of the bigger moments that, uh, um, you know, that can, that can obviously make a big difference in the series. And, you know, we're, we're one shot away in... in you know, game six, um, you know, closing it out, you know, executing on something like that or, you know, even the details in, in a game like game two, you know, a team that obviously ex has responded better than any team in the league in the, in, uh, the last few years coming off of a loss in the playoffs and, and we came out with a really good start and, you know, then we just got a little bit undisciplined and uh, ended up, hurt, you know, hurting ourselves in that game. So is it something in that area we've been better at? So it's all those little fine line, small details and, um, you know, executing, you know, one more play at times. What gives, what gives the confidence that this group can, can get it done? Well, I think every single day we, we see the commitment, uh, the work ethic, the attitude, the culture that uh, that's uh, in that locker room and how bad guys want it, how determined they are, and 
I think, you know, doubt, uh, you know, that you see the way how difficult it's been and just, you know, everything we've, we've been through um, and, and how hard everyone's taken, um, obviously this year, but even other years. And, and you know, we want to get there, you know, extremely badly. And um, we know we have a special group and a, an amazing opportunity playing in an amazing city organization that is, you know, obviously loved and supported extremely well and how special it would be to, uh, um, to win here. You love this group, you said. What did you say to Mitch this morning after you heard what happened to him last night? I'm uh, just really happy that he's okay. I think uh, first and foremost that uh, it wasn't more than what it was, and and that he's here, and you know he's in good spirits, and and obviously that he's okay. But still, to have a gun shown to you through your vehicle, that had to have been terrifying. I I could imagine. So um, I've never been in that position. I hope I never have. So like I said, I I, I really hope that. Uh, well, I know that he's doing really well. And uh, talking to him this morning, he's in really good spirits considering the situation when you think about it. So I'm just really happy he's okay. John, do you hope you've seen the key or the, sorry, the growth of Jack Campbell over the past couple of years teammate? How crucial it is for, for uh, the team to get him back there? Yeah, I think, you know, when I talk about the culture of the team and, and the work ethic and the commitment, there's no one that uh, buys in and, and wants to be as great and do everything he can more than Jack. I mean, his, uh, his evolution since he's been here, has been phenomenal, and you can see he he's really pushed himself and got gotten you know uh, to to a great level. Obviously, as a as a starting goaltender, and, and we love him as a person. So obviously, we really hope that that works out for us. You hope as many of you guys as possible come back, or do you think there's going to be a bigger change? Well, there's always changes. You know, whatever management decides is is necessary for the team. But obviously, we think we have something really special here, a tremendous. And um, especially with how close we were and uh, the type of team we had and uh, the good things for you want to have another crack with this group. Have you learned about uh, Kyle Dubas and the way he sees the game that gives you confidence to be able to find that right next? Well, we're, we're, you know, obviously it takes a lot of work to get here. We've had great opportunities. And, and to get those opportunities, a lot has to go well. You have to do a lot of good things. So can't be lost on that and I think Kyle does a tremendous job in identifying that understanding our strengths and our weaknesses and adapting to that um, you know taking in all the feedback and, and all the information and, and understanding the game and where the game's going where the team's going uh, guys individually and communicating that amongst ourselves so I think he's just got an incredible pulse about it and then I think his desire and his um, you know his work ethic and learning um, and thinking outside the box and other organizations, other sports even, um, how to find success and, and going through difficult times and making the decisions that he has to make and how to navigate all that, uh, navigate all that uh, is extremely impressive. Thanks, John. Thank you, everybody. There is the Leafs captain. Most pointed question coming up the end there. Okay, cool. We know you're close. Is Kyle Dubas the guy to keep getting you closer and closer? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the captain of the hockey team is not going to come out and advocate for changes in the front office. But uh, those are the pointed questions we we want to hear today. I'm a little surprised that we haven't heard uh, as many comments about head coach Sheldon Keefe. There haven't been many questions about him. Uh, we will now step aside, hopefully, to hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Uh, plenty more to do here. Leafs Nation on Sportsnet 5. Nine of the fan. Leafs Nation 
season over edition. Sad. Brent Gunning here with you on Sports Dev 590. The fan, we do expect to hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe in just a couple of minutes' time. Of course, at the top of the hour, we'll hand things off to Jeff Merrick and the wonderful Jeff Merrick Show. Uh, and then for plenty more Leafs reaction on the station today, Real Kipper and Bourne and my good buddy Stammy McKee, they will have you covered starting at 3 o'clock today. So plenty, plenty, plenty of Leafs reaction on the station today. Again, we're expecting Keefe in just a couple of minutes' time. And then uh, the guys, uh, you know, a step above him and a step above that guy, uh, Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan, they will talk a little later on today. I got to be honest, the guy I'm most curious to hear from today, it's not Dubas and it's not Keefe. It's Shanahan. He's the guy. It's his name on the plan. And look, Kyle Dubas is the one pulling the triggers, and he definitely has plenty to to answer for. There's plenty of things about the vision I'd want to hear from him and Sheldon Keefe as well. But Brendan Shanahan is the guy I'm maybe the most curious. You know, what's always the knock on, on Kyle Dubas? And I honestly think less so. And look, he came up. He's steeped in the game. I don't know how he gets this knock, but ah, he's a nerd. He's never been there. And again, that's a, it's a garbage knock. The guy was no HL GM. He's been a stick boy his whole life, been around the game. But you know who's been around it just a little bit more? Brendan Shanahan. And he knows what it takes for teams to get over the hump because he's been part of one that did exactly that. You know, you think of all the different teams Shanny played for throughout all the years. He's seen a lot of different iterations of this and... And I think this can't go without saying he's been here long enough to have seen how it's been going here. So Shanahan is the guy I'm I'm really, really, really curious to to hear from today. Uh, again, a couple minutes time, we'll hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. So we've heard from all the players that we're going to hear from today. Uh, Mitch Marner not speaking. Of course, he was the victim of a carjacking. I believe that was yesterday uh, in the west end of the city, an area I know pretty well. So man, uh, that hits close to home. Marner, okay, at the team facility today, but he will not be talking, obviously. I think that's pretty understandable. And I think the other part of it is based on how his playoff went, we're okay not hearing from him. We would have loved to, of course, but this isn't last year where you're sitting there going, no, 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 he needs to be held accountable. He doesn't need to be held accountable for anything. He was awesome in the playoffs and he was awesome in game seven. The guys we have heard from today kicked off with Spezza. Spezza said exactly what you would have expected him to do or say. He didn't do enough. Yes, he did. He literally gave the speech that apparently galvanized all the boys and led them to the game five comeback, stepped up in big, big moments. I know it wasn't in the playoffs, but I go back to the third to last game of the regular season. He's the guy who scores the big, big goal in Washington. He did seem a little noncommittal or about if he would be back in the NHL. I think that's partially just, you know, wound is still fresh, but he said he doesn't want to play anywhere than, than Toronto. Next most encouraging thing was what we heard from Mark Giordano. You know, a lot of people, the second Giordano got moved here, started uh, applying saying, what can we do to get him on the Jason Spezza program? I don't know that the dollar figure is quite going to line up with the Jason Spezza program because I think Gio has just a little bit more in the tank than Spezza does. I think he proved as, as much since becoming a deadline addition. But here's the thing. Can't be that much more if he, if he wants to be here. And again, if you bring back Giordano, man, left side is loaded. Riley, Muzzin, Gio, Sandine. There's just so many options you have on that left side. Now, Jake Muzzin, is he going to be back? This is, this is a big, big conversation piece for the team this summer. Now, the easiest thing in the world to do was in March, say, get this guy out of here. You cannot win with that money on the books. And he had a rough year. This is not me sitting here saying that Jake Muzzin had a 
had a great year or anything along those lines. He had a rough season. You know what he didn't have? Didn't have a rough playoff. Looked like we always talk about, do you have the grit? Do you have the gumption? Can you get over the hump? Do you need, do you need guys who can win? Muzzin has actually done all of those things in the past. You know, we go back to the Columbus series. My buddy Gord always likes making this point that losing Jake Muzzin is the death now. How could they ever overcome it? They should have been able to overcome it. But look, it matters losing a guy like Jake Muzzin. But 5.6 on the books for the next two years after the one that just finished up. What could you do with 5.6? Especially if you think Rasmus Sandin can take a leap to play in your top four. You know, you could do a lot of good things. You know, I look at the forward group, and this is another guy who I like. And this is another guy who, I'll admit, I liked him more in the playoffs last year than I did this year. Alex Kerfoot. He's got one year left at 3-5. You're not going to bring him back at anything approaching that afterwards. Do you look at moving that player? Can you get a, again, I'll, I'll go to a, a saying Gord like so much. Can you go with a different spice than Kerfoot? Not to say you got nothing out of him. But can you get somebody, now I'm going to do my Nick Kiprios impression, a little heavier, a little grindier, guy who weighs more. I think that's definitely something that should be looked at. Now, look, here's the thing. There's a lot of teams who are going to say, well, yeah, I'd like that guy too. I would like a heavier, grindier guy. But I think for certain teams, Alex Kerfoot is a guy who can make sense. You look to potentially move off of that money. And again, I think, you know, This more again, this is more to last year's playoff against Montreal, but this is a guy who, you know, proved he could do a few things for you in in the playoffs. You know, when you're when you're looking at 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 Kerfoot. Again, we're we're waiting to hear from from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe here. The other the other person that that we heard from today that I just don't know what you make out of what you heard from him is Austin Matthews. You know, does the guy have anything to apologize for? No. Scored 60 goals. He was awesome. He was a physical force in that series. You know, I, I think back to all the comments or conversations we were having in in October in, you know, when Matthews was having his wrist surgery late in the summer. Oh, what are you doing? Wrist wasn't an issue this year. But you know what? Here's what is an issue. Austin Matthews has had some issues scoring in do-or-die games. I am not, I want to be clear. This is not me sitting here going, oh, this guy's not a big game player. No, he is. Remember when he scored in game five, the game winning goal? That's a big game moment. That stuff matters. You don't get to take that away from him just because he didn't have two, three, or four more. But that's the fine difference. You know, you look at, and it's so easy to pick at a play. And do I think Austin Matthews would have done that against the Kings? Yeah, there's a world where he would have. But you look at Connor McDavid just willing that puck in the net for Edmonton. Finding a way. Why couldn't that happen here? You look at Johnny Goudreau. Goudreau. Banking one off Ottinger's head when Ottinger's standing on his head, stopping 60. Why can't that happen here? And it is 1,000% fair to point at the entire construction of this roster and say, you didn't get enough from Angval. You didn't get enough from Mikheyev. But, and even though they gave you enough over the whole entirety of the series, in the moment you needed, you need to power play goal late. You had your chance. I know Nylander got hauled down. It should have been a five-on-three. But we're not doing that anymore. Even even me. I will only do that privately. We're not doing that anymore, okay? You had to find a way. You had to squeak one across. And how many times now? 0-8, 0-9? They've had chances to advance, and they've been unable to do it. 
It's not even just the having chances to advance, you know. They were able to win two in a row against Montreal once, and that's been it. Every time they're leading in a series, they cannot take that stranglehold lead. Again, they did it against Montreal, and then Alex Galchenyuk and Kerfoot and Travis Dermott, and oh, man, we're gonna, I'm going to think about that forever. But that's how fine the line is, and that's what it's been for, for this team. In terms of the questions going forward, I, I really do think it comes down to how much does your goaltender cost? And then from that moment going forward, then you sit there and go, okay, what do you do with Pierre Engvall? Ilya Mikheyev is good as gone. And quite frankly, you know, I really like, I really, really like Ilya Mikheyev. I'm so happy he was able to kind of find his footing here. That was a tough, grindy physical series. Barely noticed him. Honestly, barely did. The, the Mikheyev that we saw flying through the neutral zone in the regular season, it was not there against Tampa. Now look, Again, Tampa's really tough. Tampa's grindy. Tampa's been through it a million times. Would it have been there against the Rangers or the Penguins or or the Panthers? Yeah, maybe it would have. But guess what? You didn't play those teams. And there's no guarantee you're going to play a team that looks like that next year in the playoffs. You may play another grindy, tough, physical team. And if Ilya Mikheyev was back at his 1-6 that he made this year, yes, please. Guess what? It's not going to be that. It's probably going to start with a 3 so bye-bye, unfortunately. Okay, and now you're looking at that third line that you love so much. Well, where'd it go? Is William Nylander back there? Okay, maybe he is. Maybe he's back in your top six. I'm sure we'll do that dance all throughout the next season. But that's, that's the situation you find yourself in. Pierre Engvall, he's an RFA, so you can probably bring him back relatively cheaply. Although, here's the other thing I'll say, and I know the Leafs have had high-profile RFAs and guys like Marner and all that, much like uh, much like Harry Sateri got claimed because, you know, got to claim him because the Leafs have a guy. I wouldn't put past somebody uh, with a knife-screwing uh, type of restricted free agent offer sheet type thing to, to Engvall. And the reason why is because you can structure it in a way that it is just enough that the Leafs can't afford to do it and you're not giving up much of anything for a guy who I think is a really effective player. But, but, much like what we said about Mikheyev, where was he when it mattered? Where was it when it counted? Wasn't terrible, but he wasn't doing anything. Was not a difference maker for your team. You know, you look at the other moves that were made, the guys that still have a year left on their deal. David Kampf, kudos. Well done by you, Kyle Dubas. What an ad that was. I remember sitting here going, what are they doing? Okay, David Kampf's a great player to have. He can be your third line center 1,000%. And he showed a little more offensive upside. But he's only as effective as the players you put him with. He cannot be the sole reason your third line is great. He could be a really great cog with other great players, like we saw when he was rolling with Mikheyev and rolling with Engvall and rolling with Kasha and Nylander at times this year. So let's say you bring Engvall back and you're able to get him at like a 1-7, 1-5, something like that. Who's the other side of that checking line? Who's the other guy you go to there? Is it Andre Kasha? Do you want to qualify that guy? I think you qualify him, but is it anything beyond that given his injury history and everything we know about him and not just his injury history? It just happened. He just lost the guy for basically two months of the season. And that was a good year for him in terms of games played. And I'm not faulting him for it. It is what it is, but it's also part of what he is as a player. What do they always say? Availability 
is the best ability. And you haven't seen, seen that with Kasha. So I think you qualify him. You don't want to let him walk. But I don't know that you're moving the earth to, you know, make sure he's paid beyond next year or anything along that. You know, Michael Bunting was a home run. That was great. But again, I, I go to the point Nick Kiprios made oh so well on this station. Michael Bunting did get swallowed up a little bit in a series against a really heavy Tampa team. And I love that player. And you know what I think? If he is on your grind energy line and not your first line, you don't even think that he gets swallowed up. But because that line that he's on has to win every single minute that they're out there or win most of their minutes, you do notice the plays that he had trouble making. And again, I don't mean that as a knock on him, but it is a bit of a knock on roster construction. You know, we all love Hyman and Bunting was the Hyman replacement. And I think there's a lot of things that Bunting proved he could do that we probably underestimated. But there's things Hyman can do that we just assume, well, you need a guy who can work. And yeah, there's something to that. Hyman's heavy and he knows how to play heavy. You're seeing that right now with the Oilers. And look, there was no way they could afford to pay him what he got paid. Would you rather have five buntings than one Hyman? Yes, you would. But you'd like to have a Hyman. You'd like to have somebody with some heft in that top six. You know, you look at Matthews, you look at Tavares, and we, we could talk about Tavares and the contract, and we will. I'm sure ad nauseum, we will do nothing but talk about it this offseason. Both those guys are capable of winning battles. Nylander, same thing. Marner, same thing. But you know what great lines do? They have three guys that can win battles. Think about all the lines we talk about in hockey. The two that jump, you know, at the forefront. The perfection line in Boston. And look, I know they switched some things up and put DeBrusque on that line. But it is usually Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron. And you know what all three of those guys do? They win battles. Now, Pasternak, he's more of a puck picker. He's more nifty, more creative than he is forceful. But he wins his battles. And not that Bunting doesn't, but he doesn't win them all. And that was the kind of difference right there. You look at what what we've thrown on the third or on the left side of that second line, if it's Tavares and Nylander. It's Alex Kerfoot, and he's annoying, and I like him. Does he win every battle? No, he doesn't. Now, a guy who I don't think is winning every battle this year, but boy, it would have been nice to see if he made a difference. It's Matthew Nice. The fact that you now, and again, they didn't, I want to be so clear about this, much like they didn't lose the series to Tampa because of the officiating. They didn't lose the series to Tampa because Matthew Nice was having a summer in Minnesota. That, that's not why they lost. But, Having Matthew Nyes in the fold and being a part of this thing sure would make this offseason a much easier conversation to have. If you can sit there and point at your, you know, $1 million guy who's going to play on your fourth line, then that is A-OK. You can do that no problem, but you don't get to do that. You get to sit here and hope and, and think and pray that he'll come out in April and you can add that's your, that your deadline acquisition that we always talk about this team having. Great. Okay, cool. We get to go down that road again where I'm sitting here at the deadline and going, no, no, their big ad is going to be a college kid. It would be great to have that guy acclimatized all year. And I think that that really throws a loop for, for Kyle Dubas in terms of what he does. It would be a lot, a lot easier to understand what would be happening here if you had that guy in the fold and you knew exactly what you had, but you don't. So that's one more roster spot you got to figure out. Does it make things easier to say, Nick Robertson, hey, 
Floor's yours. We're not even going to mess around with it. You get 20 games to sink or swim in this league. I got to be honest, based on what I've seen, don't know that it's swim. Not writing the player off. He's 20 years old because his brother is taken off and we're so quick to do this with players. No one's writing him off. But we've also had a ton of looks at this guy now. Still hasn't jumped up. You know, we know the Finnish players that they have that they like. Niemela and Hero Vine. And those guys are are ages away still, okay? You know what you're going to hear all next year? Those guys look great with the Marlies. Then you're going to say, can we see them? Don't even bother because it's not worth it because they're not ready yet. And that's the way you have to approach it. If they completely blow you away and force somebody of the lineup, great. But you cannot go in there banking on those guys to be ready. It's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of roster spots that you have to fill out with this team. We always talk about the breaks and the luck they get and what's part of it. Look, we have to mention it, okay? Part of it is Kyle Dubas, who we always talk about, oh, he, you know, he he wasted all the draft capital, or he spent all the draft capital. Well, he did get some draft capital back. He got a 15th overall selection. And we all know what happened with Rodion Amarov and all the health issues he has. You can say whatever you want about Kyle Dubas. No one expects their 15th overall pick. And would that kid be knocking on the door ready to play? Probably not. Probably not. But you know what he would be? One, he'd be able to fish you somebody who could for sure right now if he was playing and didn't have the catastrophic health scenario that, that he did have or is currently dealing with, I should say. But... You just look at that, and that's how fine it is. Now, look, you can also do the thing to say, yeah, well, maybe he should have not traded away the 13th overall pick, and you would have a guy. You'd have a guy named Seth Jarvis doing stuff in your middle six right now. Fair point to have. This is why it is such an impossible conversation to have about this front office, about this management. If you are somebody who is pro-Dubis and thinks he has done everything the right way, you get to point at a couple of things. You get to say, how many times did they just not get a bounce? You get to say, flat cap in a pandemic world. You get to say that not only flat cap has kept everybody else's, you know, cap picture clear, but also guys haven't continued to punch new tickets above McDavid because of this. You know, a guy like McKinnon, who knows what his deal would look like? You could point to the Rodion Amarov thing, and you can say, how can you fairly judge this guy? Flat cap had a terrible luck with prospect that nobody could have ever foreseen. How could you ever expect any of this to happen? On the other end, you could say, cool. That's the system the NHL exists in. And that's why he gets paid the big bucks to navigate it all. And I think the most frustrating part for all of us, because, hey, if you're a Leaf fan, you have spent, you, you kind of fall into one camp or the other. You do. And maybe somewhere along the line, there's becoming some mushy middle ground. But you think Dubas was the right hire or you think many moons ago they should have gone with Lou. And the most frustrating part I think about all this is, is there have been just enough little weird forks in the road, just enough things that have gone completely unforeseen that make it so you can't have a fair valuation. If I am a pro Dubas guy, which I am, I don't get to just say, well, flat cap, you can't blame any of this cap stuff on him. No, you can blame a bit of it on him. He did overpay some of the guys. I don't believe you can overpay Austin Matthews when you score 60 goals. I don't believe there is an overplayed player who scores 60 goals. But it's a fair conversation to have about Marner and the Tavares contract and all of that. Now, Nylander is more than lived up to his value, okay? 
But on the other side of things, you don't get to completely poo-poo the idea of a flat cap. It does matter. It does affect things. There was supposed to be three, four, five million more dollars to deal with right now for this guy. Now, look, it's not there. And there have been other things that have nothing to do with flat cap that Dubas has stubbed his toe on. Hello, Nazem Kadri trade. Hello. Okay. Very, very, very fair point to make if you're that person. But that's the most frustrating part about all of this. Wouldn't, and boy, I mean, we'd all go off in a time machine to get rid of COVID for, for many reasons beyond the least salary cap implications of it, okay? But if we could just hop in a time machine and it never existed, we would have such a clearer picture of if this was the right way to go about it or if it was the wrong way. Though we can and we will, quote, we'll live forever and we never get to have a fair justification on her. We never get to have a fair ruling on it. I suppose... You got a year left on Matthew's deal after next year. You can say you win next year, and there it was. You did it. That's the most frustrating part is there's all these little crooks in the road that just allow both sides to be convinced that they're right. And the most frustrating thing you can do is not have an end, not have a definition at the end of your sports debate. And that's where we're at. As we still wait for Sheldon Keefe to talk, we are still waiting here. Uh, Leafs Media Availability Day, Brent Gunning. I will be uh, stepping aside at, at 12 uh, or just before noon here. Jeff Merrick will walk you through it. Going to hear from Keefe, going to hear from Dubas, going to hear from Shanahan. They're all going to be involved in this uh, this afternoon, we, we believe. And those are the guys the questions are for. We heard from all the players today, and the players said what the players are going to say. Yeah, we thought we were really close. Yes, we could have dug deeper. What does that look like? I don't know. Try harder. They, they find a way. They are just as frustrated as we all are here. The real guys that we have the questions for right now are the three that are waiting to speak. Sheldon Keefe, some very fair pointed questions can be asked of him. He was shuffling the lineup all around all season long. And you know what? At the end, when you needed more than one goal, couldn't find a way to do it. Is that on him? I mean, I mean, a little bit. It is a little bit on him. Kyle Dubas, need a goalie this summer. Need to convince Mark Giordano to play for free. Those are job one and 1A. And then make Austin Matthews happy about what the future looks like. And Brendan Shanahan, what do you think about all this? That's what we are sitting here waiting with Brendan Shanahan. What exactly do you think about all this? Your name is on the plan. It's not the doobie decision do a tang. No, it's the Shanna plan. Your name's on it. What do you think about it? Guaranteed, he is just, just, just as frustrated as I am. Again, the two biggest pieces of news we took out of this today, Mark Giordano would love to be back as a Leaf. Winning is the most important thing to him. Money is not. Awesome. Jason Spezza, if he's playing hockey, it's as a Leaf. That's what we know so far. We are waiting to hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Jeff Merrick will have that for you. Keefe, Dubis, and Shanahan all coming up. I'm Brent Gunning. Thanks so much for listening. It's been Leafs Nation here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.